from him who loves us with an eternal, abounding, undying, everlasting love with no strings attached. Be all grace and mercy and peace. Amen. Our text for this morning is our gospel lesson where Jesus says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. This is our text. I'd like for you to take a moment this morning and picture in your mind's eye your very best friend. Who is it that is your best friend? That one person who's been with you through thick and thin, the person who loves you all the time, at least most of the time, the person who you can tell all your secrets, or at least most of them, the one who's seen you at your best and your worst and is still there with you, maybe many years later. Maybe it's a friend that you had in childhood all the way up to now, or maybe your best friend just became your best friend just recently, but picture that person in your mind. What is it that makes that person your best friend? At the heart, the core, the center of it all, I guess we could all say that it all boils down to one thing, that wonderful four-letter word, love. Love is a beautiful, incredible thing. We think about the love between a husband and a wife, the kind of love that one friend has for another a love that is shown in undying affection. Those kinds of love are beautiful, but they are rarely, if ever, really found in all of their purity here on earth. The reason is because we as human beings, as people at our heart, at our core, at our center, are really loveless kind of people. We don't honor one another fully and completely. We often show in thought, in word, in deed, that we are unloving. We are far too often overbearing. We're far too often self-centered. And all of these things drive out pure and perfect love. Because you see, as sinners, love and friendship are not easy. They take responsibility. Truly loving, truly being a friend can be very demanding at times, can't it? It can be very tedious. It might even be boring. It's just not what you want to do at a particular moment in time. Far too often, it's just far easier to decide that it's too difficult to take on the responsibility of really and truly loving and caring for our parents, for our employers, our government, our school, our church, our community. And if that's the case with the people that we see, how about the relationship that we have with the one who is unseen, who is always with us, who always loves and cares and supports and forgives? If we're honest with ourselves, that relationship is not what it could or should be. Sometimes that relationship is even non-existent. We drive the Lord out of our lives by our sinful thoughts, words, and deeds. But Jesus said, you are my friends if you do 
what I command you. So what has Jesus commanded us? He has commanded us to love one another as he has loved us. No easy task, is it? Because I wonder if we have ever for even a single day, let alone a single hour of our lives, really done that. Have we really loved our neighbor or even loved God the way that Jesus has loved us? The fact is that we all as human beings were conceived and born enemies of God. We could never really be called a friend of God, much less be a good friend of Jesus, because we rebel against most, if not all, the things that God has designed to be the holiest. Think about the Ten Commandments this morning. We rebel against God, against his name, against his day, We rebel against the authority figures he's put in place, against his pure relationships, against life itself, against the property that belongs to others, against our neighbor's good name, and and even against the pure desires that he would want for us to have. We are rebels with a cause that would benefit only ourselves. In the end, our sin would have us care nothing about God and our neighbor, but care only and always about ourself. It's called pride. And that's why it's incredible and amazing that God would go to such lengths to make friends out of enemies and even adopt those enemies into his own family. Think about how easy it is to love other people who love us back. That's a pretty easy thing to do. But on the other hand, how difficult is it to love those who don't love us back or even hate us. I bet you have people like that in your life. People who are very, very difficult to love because they don't love you back, because they are your enemy. And without the Holy Spirit in our lives, it is impossible for us to love those who irritate us or snub us or oppose us. And it's that very failure that requires the kind of forgiveness that can come only from the one who does what he does for his enemies. That forgiveness was won for us by the one who did the very thing he calls for us to do in today's text. Greater love has no one than this than he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus said this right before he did it. No sooner had he said it than he went ahead and did it. He gave up his life on the cross, for us, his friends, the ones he loves the most. It was the highest expression of love ever given or shared in the history of the world. For one person to die for another is the most a human being can do. We call it the ultimate sacrifice, don't we? If a soldier goes off to war and they give up their life, it is the ultimate sacrifice. But Jesus takes this even a step further. We could even argue that Jesus not only laid down his life for his friends, but he laid down his life for his enemies. Because remember, that's the way we were born, as enemies of God. Romans 5 says this, 
For one will scarcely die for a person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus took all of us who were his enemies and by his death and resurrection has made us just the opposite. We are now his friends. We are creatures that he loves far more than any other creature on the face of the earth. He paid the price so that we are no longer only servants, he says. And if you think about it, it would be wonderful even to be Jesus' servant. But more than that, we are in an intimate relationship with the God of the universe. We are his so-called friends because he has let us in on the family's heavenly secrets. Did you hear what he said? He says, all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you the most important things, the things that bring us to faith, the things that remind us of our forgiveness, the things of God, the things that remind us that we can come to him at any time in prayer. So not only has Jesus brought us back into relationship with him, he has lavished us with all the gifts of the kingdom. Our sins are forgiven. Our joy is made complete. Our mansion is being prepared. Our hope does not disappoint. Our peace is made perfect. The great good news here is that Jesus loves us. Think about this. Jesus loves us just as much as the Father loves him. It's a love we cannot imagine. It is an incredible, abounding, undying love. It, it means that we are God's sons and daughters too. Jesus finds joy in his relationship with us. And his joy, when we latch onto it, gives us joy in our lives to share with other people. His obedience to the Father enables our obedience to the Father. His love for us enables our love for others. Even the ones that you're thinking about a little while ago who are so very difficult to love. You did not choose me, Jesus said, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, that it should last, that it should remain. Those very words are proof that everything Jesus did for us is a gift. Anything good that we do is not us doing it. Anything good that we do is Jesus doing it through us. And as though that weren't enough, the gifts continue in this text. Jesus adds this one last promise. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. I want to remind you of that promise throughout this week, throughout the next month, throughout the course of your life, that when times get tough and the going gets rough, Jesus says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Jesus listens to you pray. He, he hears you in your deepest, darkest moments. And he gives you everything you need to support your body and life in his good time and according to his good will. God has called you to be his best friend. Through his grace and mercy, 
He enlightens you with his gifts, and he calls you to serve him as his beloved and to love one another as faithful friends the way that he first loved you. What God has begun in us, he will bring it to completion. He will bring to completion your faith, your friendship, your life with one another. He does it all through the power that belongs to him alone because he laid down his life for you, his friend. In Jesus' name, amen.